Um, hello, everyone. Welcome to Meet Me in the Middle, the podcast that endeavors to find some middle ground within the often maybe increasingly problematic wellness world. Uh, however, we're not really looking for much middle ground today because we're going to tear apart a, a health documentary. Because <laughs> we, I think what I hadn't seen this documentary before it came up on our like list of things to do for a movie night. And I was, so I came in with an open heart and mind and in about 35 seconds was struggling to keep watching it. Cause it was just, just was bad. But instead of turning it off, I just made notes and went down a rabbit hole on the internet. Uh, my name is Jenny Omani and uh, we've got our other two ladies here. Uh, I'm Annika Buckle. And I am Lee Freiling. I think this is the really interesting choice that we made to look into this one today. It was funny because when I forget which one of you was like, we should do what the health. I was like, oh, well, I for sure watched that. And then when I went to go find it on my Netflix, I found that I had watched half of it ah, and turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> I had only so gotten funny. through like part of it and then was like, this is, this is not for me. And I don't even know when that was. It probably was like when it came out and when it was like a 2018 when it was released. And you will say deep in the depths of the wellness space and had open space for it. But even at that, (laughs) I couldn't finish it, which I feel like is indicative. I um, will give you guys a tip. I um, ended up watching half of it on my laptop where I could Mm. put it at one two times speed. And (laughs) It took up and less then, of my time. And then I just paused as I needed to, to oh, write geez. down five pages of notes. <laughs> just a quick little summary. Before we dive in, I do want to just remind everyone that it means the world to us. If you are enjoying our podcast, to hop on to wherever you are listening and give us a nice little five-star review. Leave a nice, nice little love note. Um, it means a lot to us. Um, so now we've got a little plug out of the way. Uh, let's talk about what the hell. So... Um, Lee very kindly made a whole list of different, um, sort of wellnessy documentaries between prime and Disney plus and, uh, Netflix. And I literally picked a book by its cover and was like, Oh, this title sounds like it'll sound good. And that's, that's our, that was our really rigorous, uh, choosing process for this particular movie night. Um, I feel like we should give a little synopsis maybe about what the purpose of this, what the intention and the goal behind this um, documentary, I'm using air quotes. I think it's supposed to be a documentary, but I don't really, is that the genre? Is it a documentary? It is documentary. I mean, it very much, sorry, it very much felt to me like there was this, like, I'm not going to say wolf in sheep's clothing, but like, I definitely expected it to be one thing and it probably took me about five minutes to figure out that it was absolutely something completely different. <laughs> right. Oh, it took you five minutes. She's right. As soon as you trusting open-minded person. This well, and I mean, this is the thing for you. I, I go into it thinking I'm looking for middle ground, right? Right. I'm not here to always tear everyone a new asshole. <laughs> Sometimes I'm here to do my best to just listen and see yeah. what happens. Yeah. And I, love that I about think you. I, I actually even have in my notes. I mean, I think probably a whole separate conversation about how like problematic documentaries can be. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
what kind of got me is, um, and I'm just going to read what I wrote. This guy has real big, I'm just asking questions energy. Ah! <laughs> so I, which initially I was like, oh, I'm just asking questions. And I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Second quotes, yeah. just asking questions. I think he said that about 10 times in the documentary too. <laughs> so this guy is his, his name. I have to move. I've got this, like I have layering screens here. So his name, the main guy's name is Kip Anderson. He's, um, he's the co-star. He's the director. He gives like, um, like people's hero documentary filmmaker vibes. Um, and I, uh, so it's made in 2017, released in 2018. And it really has, we were talking before we started recording. It really has those, like, is it Michael Moore? Was that, is that the guy yeah. that does like, yeah, it's got real Michael Moore, like, um, style vibes which is definitely I think was the way a lot of stuff was made then um I it was started making my own synopsis and then was like you know I wonder what our friend Wikipedia has to say about this documentary and it's perfect so I'm just gonna stick it in the chat there do you want to read that Lee I'm happy to read things also I'm happy to chat about uh Kip Anderson's current social media projects oh oh, oh okay fun so why don't you uh, read the what Wikipedia has to say about what the health? And then I would love to hear what he's doing because then it's chronological. Here's where he was sure. in 2018. And this is what Wikipedia totally. had to say about yeah. it. Yeah, your boy's been busy. So <laughs> according to Wikipedia, the documentary has been criticized by a number of medical doctors. There's a whole bunch of citations that are within this uh, sort of like little synopsis here. Um, uh has been criticized by a number of medical doctors, dietitians, and investigative journalists for what they describe as confusing causation with correlation. This is like rife through this whole friggin' thing. Uh, cherry picking uh, science studies, biased sources, distortion of study findings, and using weak to non-existent data. So the thing that I think is really interesting is that uh, he has since done seaspiracy and how <gasps> was that him? He did mm -hmm. Seaspiracy. I, I never watched Seaspiracy because the title alone and people were going <laughs> off about it. I was like, this, I need more information than this thing is going to provide me. And I don't have the bandwidth to find the information. So I never watched it. Yeah. But it was him. It was him. I Whoa. watched Seaspiracy, but I only watched it after I listened to the Rick Roll podcast, like tear it apart. And Rick Roll wow. is like a fervent vegan he's he's featured in the end of uh what the health as yeah. being like you know veganism saved my life he's written books about it he's got a he's like a super well-known podcaster and within that podcast him and his like sort of like co-host tore seaspiracy apart from the perspective of like from the perspective of journalists and like actually good journalism like the movie which is more really what it was rather than a documentary was highly problematic it's super like meant to just take you on this like you know really crazed emotional sort of like roller coaster and same same thing like loads of cherry picking loads of like splicing of different you know whatever video images together that make you feel something maybe when you don't need to so anyways this guy's got hmm. like a history of <laughs> of all of this business and i think it's probably safe to assume 
that he's that, a vegan? Well, he's a <laughs> you know, raging Benny, well, I, I actually, I had to look it up at the end. I'm that like, he oh. benefits financially from the vegan industry. Oh, he's a he's been a vegan for 25 years in, in, in press junkets for this particular movie where the movie is literally like, oh, wow, I just found this. I had no idea. Like, totally. Vegan since you were 10, shut up. So hold totally. on. He's been a vegan for 25 years because yes. if you watch this, so if you watch What the Health, it literally starts with him being like, I just, just the other yes. day discovered that what I'm eating is bad for me. And right. then it, like the move, the documentary, I still have a hard time saying it as a documentary because it really feels like it's not. But anyways, the, the documentary really follows him on this like journey to discover mm -hmm. that veganism is more, a more healthful lifestyle, but he was a vegan for like ever before 25 yeah. years. And he yeah. made this documentary five years ago. Yeah. That's yeah. That was rich. the kicker for me. Oh, that's so good. Also, I think I wrote correlation does not equal causality on every single page of my notes in oh, like yeah. increasingly angry font. Yep. I mean, Wikipedia yeah. would agree with you. God <laughs> well, bless Wikipedia for getting straight to the point. I mean, I think, I, you know, this is what I said even before we started recording, but uh, this, this particular documentary is just so of its time, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is like this is a pre-COVID conspiracy blow up, you know, QAnon blow up, Q whatever uh, time where this kind of like dramatic sort of like creating adjacentness and, mm -hmm. you know, causation, correlation, cherry picking, blah, 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 wasn't as well known kind of like in the mm -hmm zeitgeist right? right yeah there was a whole lot at this time where like you could create a <laughs> you know like a bar graph showing that like if you give your kids salami then they're definitely gonna die 20 years earlier right and people were like whoa you know like oh my i God. believe it right yeah that exactly and because because we didn't know and also because we hadn't been hit over the head with it as much as we have yeah. been over the last you know three years so mm -hmm. I, I, when I first started watching this, I was like, oh yeah, this really does feel, yeah, very sort of of the time. And especially kind of like at the time, there was a whole lot of sort of like health documentaries that were coming out, you know, coming along the lines of, um, you know, forks over knives and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I think the, especially with, with veganism, this seems also to, to be correlating with sort of like the the rise of like veganism as like the ultimate health thing, especially on social media. Mm -hmm. So anyways, that's my initial take on hip <laughs> and his efforts here. I mean, it's just, so uh, basically what he does, what Kip Anderson does, which is just such a great name for a douche, isn't it? Like <laughs> Kip Anderson. Totally. Like, I'm pretty sure he tried to like him and his man, but he tried to like him and his bike, my drink in university, you know, ah! <laughs> in his letterman's coat. Right. Uh, anyways, no offense to anybody who had a lesser letterman's coat. I'm sure you were wonderful people too. And that's also, we didn't really have those in Canada. So I just made that up. Um, and, but he's American. So he probably did. I don't know. Uh, so basically he, the just, if we could just sum up this document in a sentence, uh, I have said that he found a bunch of vegan and animal rights doctors, um, instead of a balanced group of experts. And he basically just compares eating meat to smoking for an hour and a half. The end. 
You've seen well, the documentary. Now. <laughs> we watch it so you don't have to. Yeah. The other, I mean, within the first like literally two seconds, I'm like, oh, cool. Two things, two red flags immediately before I even see the title of the movie. One, this is not medical advice disclaimer straight yeah. out of the gates. That's always fun. Which probably was added after the fact, don't you think? I bet probably. you that. I'd be curious. You to can't, see that I feel like initially... you can't have that many doctors talking and not add that. But yeah, um, the other thing I was like, oh, it's rated PG for gore. That's weird. Oh, oh right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of all the disgusting slaughterhouse footage that they add in. But initially I'm like, why is there gore in this movie about health? I don't under, oh, oh red flag. <laughs> yeah. So it, yeah. So we sort of alluded to it. He starts by saying like, I've always been so healthy. There's people have had cancer in my family. So I've always been like really by the book with my health, which very well might be why he became a vegan when he did. And Mm -hmm. to be clear, there is absolutely zero things wrong with a vegan diet. It is genuinely a very healthy diet. There's a lot of misconceptions about veganism. Oh, I was going to say it can put a finger. It can can be. Yeah, I was a vegan be. for a I year and I did it the most unhealthy way possible. Oh, I was okay. so sick by the end of yeah, that like year. So. Oreos and Coke are vegan. So yep. like, let's remind yeah. ourselves of that. Okay. Right? So if you're <laughs> rice be... krispies and soy milk and sugar, which is what I ate like three times a day are also oh, vegan. God. Okay. Well, don't Gosh, do veganism yeah. like Annika did. No, it can <laughs> be a very healthy diet. There's a lot yes. of misconceptions yeah. about how you need animal products for protein, which is categorically not true. There's tons of animal and um, plant-based protein sources. And like Mm -hmm. humans aren't actually inherently protein deficient. That's also an interesting thing. Like we're not all at risk for Kwashiorkor in the Western world with our diet. Um, Mm -hmm. Veganism can absolutely be a healthy diet. We've said this before, the most studied um, evidence-based healthful diet is the Mediterranean diet, but there's more and more evidence about having how a uh, plant-based diet can really be up there in terms of heart healthy and all that stuff. So we're not trashing veganism at all. Um, and, and true veganism is a lifestyle too. I think that's important to say mm-hmm. it's not just a diet. So it is a lifestyle of, it's not um, buying leather purses. It's, yeah. you know, it's skipping honey. It's all of these p- things that aren't just the food yeah. you're eating. It's, yeah. it's about, it's a, it's a different, it's a whole lifestyle. I, I genuinely am not the person to speak to it cause I'm not a vegan, but I have actually quite a few friends that are like true hardcore vegans. And I mean, Yeah they're not wrong with a lot of the points. And I think that's the other thing is when any of these things take a truth and spin it into whatever. So does meat take up a huge amount of resources in terms of water and all of these? Uh, Yes. Planetary footprint. Yes. And I think, I don't know. I don't remember if this point was made in the movie or not, but I think it's important to note it will be increasingly difficult to feed the planet with a meat-based diet. That's just totally. We're at, you know, 8 billion people and we're not, you know, and counting. <laughs> and like the, that, you know, the, the gas is produced by all of these. And like, I, I, I genuinely, and this is my personal bias. I would love to be able to eat a more plant-based diet because I do actually see, um, the benefits. And I mean, this is me finding middle ground, not from this, from my personal biases, I would mm-hmm. love. And Dave and I have talked about this. Like, what can we do for climate change? Like, what are things that we can do in our house? And we do keep coming back to 
how can we narrow down the meat? Because we are like, we really enjoy animal products and I, but I, but I, uh, yeah, I would love to be able to eat more plant-based, but here I am. (laughs) And here's something else I find really interesting in this kind of like demonization, especially of processed meat, which like, I feel like this movie was just like a dog with a bone about processed meat in particular for the first half easily because that's the truth that they find right like they find that one Tr- yeah. finger quote truth, truth um, <laughs> cherry pick data point and then it all yeah but from a good here's source. the thing and i mean we have talked about this at length but i feel like it's important to continue this conversation what is processed meat it is an yeah. inexpensive alternative for somebody who is, you know, living on a fixed income, somebody who doesn't have time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, chickpeas are cheap too. Sure. But you can't just eat a chickpea out of the package. Yeah. Especially if you have kids, my yeah. kid eats processed meat every single day because that's what she will eat in her sandwich. And mm-hmm. that's the reality of the lives that we live. And that's with somebody who's very well resourced. Never mind if you're somebody who you can afford whatever deli meat is on sale and that's how your kids are going to get protein today. And that's the bandwidth you have. It becomes very easy to, oh, now you're a bad parent because that's what you're feeding your kid. Oh, now you're shaving 20 years off their lives because all you can afford is a bologna sandwich for your child right. today. I also right. think it's important to point out that humans have been preserving meat for like a really long time, right? Like salted, like dried meat. Always. Yeah. yeah. Like that's yeah. like this. So processed meats now, the way we're processing them now with more nitrates and blah, blah, blah. Yes. It's a different form of processing. But if you look at the definition of processed meats, salted meat is in that definition and salted cured meats have existed as long as humans have been consuming animals is my right. guess. I don't have a, I don't have a solid, um, like reference point for that, but it's definitely like we're looking at anthropology. (laughs) No, but we're looking at like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of humans processing meat. Yeah. Like the biggest red flag for me straight out the gate with this was him being a self-professed hypochondriac. Oh, good call. Good catch. Right. So we have someone who straight out of the gate is like, I have been terrified of dying since go. Okay. Oh, go. He Why spends- did I miss that point? That's so important. To Hell, I mean, I, I, I'm literally up to my eyeballs in psychology all day long. So that's, that's the part I'm looking at for this. Right. So yeah. the guy goes into how he, you know, he's like a WebMD junkie and like he follows all the major bloody bloody was and has been taking all the supplements and was drinking fucking Metamucil when he was a teenager. <laughs> like, okay. So can we just, can we just recognize straight out of the gate that this guy has got a really, he's terrified, mm-hmm. right? He's terrified he's coming that he's going from to fear. quote unquote, do it wrong. Mm-hmm. And if he does it wrong, he's going to die, I guess, in his estimation earlier than he should. Okay. Or in a painful and terrible way through like some sort of mm-hmm. terrible cancer. Okay. Now I think that this is an important thing to sort of point to because when you are coming from this like more or less kind of terrified perspective i think and this is something that we've seen happen a lot over the last 3 years this is where people are more easily manipulated with the information that they glean about xyz especially mm-hmm. as it pertains to their greatest fear right mm-hmm. so you know we have said through at the very beginning that this whole documentary is just rife with you know, confusing causation with correlation and cherry picking stuff. My personal favorite is when he 
goes to go talk to, I think he was like the head of the diabetes, you know, American oh, diabetes. Poor doctor. It was. And he like has this one study and this poor doc is like, look, I don't know that study. I we've talked about this a lot on the podcast, right? So Kip comes in <laughs> with this study and he basically is like, this study shows that meat causes diabetes, whatever I'm paraphrasing. I don't even know if that's really what it was, but it's more or less that. And he's like, why isn't this on your website? And the doctor's just like, fuck, I'm out of here. Like, this is not worth my time, right? Like, this is like, I'm not trying to do this. And he tried to get into methodology, research methodology, as in one study is one study. We don't even know if it was any good. Like, you know, he's like, I don't know if it was peer reviewed. I don't know if it was published. He's like, oh, it was peer reviewed. Okay, great. Peer reviewed means that like the data is sound. It doesn't mean necessarily that the data has any kind of like long reaching whatever. For all we know, even though the conclusions are necessarily what you're saying they are, right? Mm -hmm. Like a hundred percent before. For all we know, that particular study was for like eight people and was done over like six weeks. Like who knows what that study was? I don't know what it was. Maybe it was a meta study. Maybe it was amazing. But you better believe that the guy who is sitting there at the chair of the American Diabetes Association understands sound research and understands sound methodology (laughs) and recognizes that they can't make, you know, global recommendations for how people are to proceed with their lives unless they've got like bazillions of studies backing it up. So when he was like, we don't make diet recommendations, that's fair because there's nothing super, from my understanding, a hundred percent nailed down that says, this is the diet you must be on. And then there's all of the other challenges, especially that many people who have diabetes don't have necessarily tons of resources, right? They have to be fair in terms of their recommendations. Anyways, right. I mean, I could go on and on and on and on and on about that kind of thing. Well, food but, science is unreliable. We know that yes. because we can't put people yes. in vacuums and people lie about what they're eating. And so it is so hard to extrapolate real data from anything that we eat, really. And what's important to note is that Kip asked a very specific question Kip. over and over. So he said to this physician, um, you know, who's the head of the diabetes, American diabetes association. He said, what is, you're not like, he kept saying, what is the proper diet for someone with diabetes? You're saying that the best diet for someone with diabetes, because he, because there are recipes listed on the American diabetes association's website that are diverse in terms of, they didn't align with any particular diet. Mm -hmm. Kip's like, you have all these recipes. What's the right, like, but this article says that plant like meat causes diabetes and the, the doc, all he keeps saying is I can't tell you what a proper diet is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Kip's like, well, you're not like, like you, 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 you know, you, he wants, he wants an absolutism from that position. Mm And that Which, position doesn't live in black and white. He's no. like, we're really in a world of gray and I can't tell you what a proper diet is. And the problem is, is when you get these academics and people that really understand the literature and the science, a lot of time, they're not the best spokesperson <laughs> for, but they're not, they're not journalists, right? So you because have a journalist, yeah. you have a filmmaker who is charismatic and there to have like a a conversation the people understand. And you've got this guy who's sitting as a a medical director for a huge association. 
he wasn't hired so that he could chat with like charismatic journalists, right? No. Like, well, he was hired so that he could vet information, um, help, you know, work in a giant team to make guidelines. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so unfair. It's like having like the the valedictorian for a class have a debate with like the kid who like like the like the math whiz in the back of the room who doesn't want to talk to anybody. Like, you're not well, and not even fair. to get to get to that guy, I cannot tell you how much how angry it made me to watch him barge in and ask oh, some poor minimum wage receptionist to like answer to his child. Like you won't very and expose. he was like angry at them. He's you like, so you imagine. won't tell me, you won't tell me why your website says this. And like the poor lady at the front desk is like, like, I, I make $4 an hour. I don't know. <laughs> and that's what we see from him is he, he, a lot of this is um, a lot of this sort of the government doesn't want you to know these big agencies don't want you to know was him calling literally the phone number on a website and being like, can you tell me why your website says this? And it's like the customer service rep is like, no, I I can't. And And he's like, once again, no answers. Once again, I got no answers. Like, no, that's not how you get answers. You called the person at switchboard. Like, what did you think you were going to get? But he knew the thing is, is that he knew he what knew. he was going to get. Of course. That's why he recorded it. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about the doctors? He. Oh, my gosh. Yes, we sure can. I know Annika. My my statement about the doctors here. And Annika has more details. Um, My two favorite things about them is repeatedly towards the end. They say that physicians need more nutritional training, which is very true, except for he almost exclusively interviews physicians, which I found like, I'm like, you just said that this group of people is not the people to get health advice from, but you just, you interviewed like two dietitians, and most of them were like holistic dietitians, like it, like, or holistic nutritionists, but they were mainly physicians that you interviewed. And then you're saying they don't, I'm like, okay. And, and I think most physicians would tell you that they don't receive a ton of nutritional science training. And a lot of them would self-identify that that's not their area of expertise. And that's why they work with registered dietitians. But my other favorite thing, actually, maybe we'll talk about this at the end is that, um, all of the, or a few of the physicians are affiliated with private surgery and private health centers. And we see these beautiful transformations from unhealthy people eating horrible diets who conveniently go to the, the, the medical centers, the private care centers that the physicians in the movie own and mm-hmm. have these amazing transformations. Hmm. Funny that mm. funny. Yeah. Funny story. Annika, can you tell us about the rabbit hole of these people that you went down? Okay. So during the tirade about like how much mothers who eat meat and dairy are damaging their babies, I like got my back so far up. I was like, I can't even, I'm not even going to listen to anything else she has to say. So I Googled one of the women that they were interviewing, Kimberly Snyder. Um, Do you know the very, very first link that came up when I Googled her name? I'm going to a lawsuit. I want I'm going to put it in the chat box and I want one of you to oh. click on it and tell me what it is. Ooh, I want to. Oh, okay. Oh man. It's a long link. Okay. Oh, it's a shop page. Oh, I was hoping it's it'd be a lawsuit. I was hoping it'd be the page where with the article talking about how she lost her license to practice medicine. Nope. It's the sales page for her supplements because mm-hmm. of course this is all, and, and I mean, sorry, it was capitalism all along. I want you to eat mm. this way because I have the answer for you. You just have to buy it from me over mm. here. Um, and I think there is, again, you know, I, I, 
I feel like it's like a little bit of a dangerous hole to go down, but we have, and we've had this conversation before. It's like, how dare you're just a fill for a shill for big pharma, you doctor where like, it's fine for you to then turn around and sell these supplements as the answer to the problems that you're creating for me. Can I interrupt you to tell you who one of the shows she's featured on? What? The Dr. Oz show. Oh, nice. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I can't say I'm surprised. I was like, oh, what are these shows? Yeah. Oh, oh I wish oh. I wish I was surprised, but I was looking I for her to be featured on Goop, but I don't see that anymore. I was going to say, I actually, my no. first thought was Goop when you said Me too. it. No. <laughs> um, okay. So the next uh, person I Googled was Susan Levin. Um, not a doctor, but a registered dietitian. Um, and I know, you know, we've had conversations before registered dietitians can be totally amazing. Um, I think all of us follow some really great ones who produce amazing content on Instagram. So if that's a rabbit hole, you want to go down. Um, but she is the director of nutrition education, um, at the physician's committee for responsible medicine. Oh no. So it's going to be like America's frontline doctors, isn't it? Which it turns out, um, almost actually, I wonder if this is the link that has it. I'll put it in the chat. You want to do this one, Lee? I'm going to pull it up too. Ooh, do I ever? Person. Oh, do stop you? it. You should be going jail for having pictures of animals behind bars, looking out the bars with their beautiful little puppy dog eyes. Also, if you scroll down to the about us picture, every oh. one of those doctors <laughs> is one of the doctors who's interviewed in this. <laughs> and the picture oh. just has a giant, they're holding like a giant, like, you know, when someone wins money and they have a giant check, like an oversized check, they have this oversized, hideous, huge logo that says the powerplate.org. And it has, it's like a plate. And there's four quadrants and it, they're legumes, vegetables, grains, and fruits. And right. Trees. So they're a lobby <laughs> and advocacy group for animal health and plant-based diets. So mm -hmm. this is, again, I think, Jenny, you touched on this at the beginning. It's like, here is one look at this huge variety of different doctors that I have speaking, but like, they're just all actually a part of this organization. <laughs> all of them. Like I'm just scrolling yep. through. And I also really... I really take issue with, so there are animal rights people, which is honestly great. I'm totally, totally that is absolutely that. not but where I think the so problem is. what's so misleading is they have a picture of like a dog, like a pet dog behind bars with like a tag in its ear as if like, and maybe they do help street dogs. I don't know, but like the vegan diet and then like they're the gory images that they obviously encouraged or at least were aware of for this documentary. And then to have like a household pet, it's like, they're trying to be, they're trying to draw like a relationship between like, you're, you're eating your dog. Right. And it's right. like, okay, it's a little aggressive. Okay. Are you, are you ready for this? Yeah. So this is from quackwatch.org. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is also from January 15th, 2001. So, you know, whatever. I, and I just pulled this up, so I haven't totally super vetted this, right? But it says here that it's a nonprofit association that claims to promote optimal diet for prevention of disease and says there's evidence that humans don't have a specific requirement for protein and teaches that too much dietary protein from animals versus is detrimental to health. Um, it goes on to, you know, basically be entirely tied to PETA. 
um, as one of their, you know, sort of like partners and fundraisers. Um, it, you know, has like the vegetarian, like supercell is up here trying to just like scan. Oh yeah, here we go. Uh, PCRM invents their own food group plan. (laughs) That would be the plate, the giant Uh plate. That is, that is definitely the plate. Um, uh, it says that the the plan below was uh you uh, sorry the p pcrm uh four food group plan was below the us recommended dietary allowances in protein calcium iron zinc and and uh, preformed uh vitamin a riboflavin and hmm. or flavin rather and vitamin b12 um it was discredited by the american dietetic association and the american mm. medical association which refers to uh pcrm as a quote pseudo physicians group <laughs> pseudo because less than 0.5 of physicians are members anyways it says here the ama charges the pcrm quote blatantly misleads americans on health matters and concealing its true pur- purpose as a qu- animal quote rights organization. So again, this is from 2001. I would need to like do a little bit of deeper digging here. Yeah. Maybe they improved a lot of those points, but still. Right. Right. And considering this group was like, you know, basically the AMA was like, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know guys. You don't represent doctors. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know about this. Yeah. Yeah. All we do is represent doctors and we're concerned about the doctors you picked for your charity or actually. I, they, they come across as a charity. I guarantee there's a for-profit involved there. Oh, so the thing that I think is really sort of interesting, sort of moving on from the doctor's piece is also the part that they actually pointed to. I mean, there's some, there's some stuff in this documentary that is like known to be challenging, problematic, right? Difficult. For example, CAFOs in the U.S., are there CAFOs in Canada? I'm assuming there probably are, but like CAFOs in the US, right? So like large scale animal farming um, Mm -hmm. organizations are known to be really problematic, right? Like they're really, really hard on the environment. They concentrate a actual shit ton of shit Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. into these like, you know, waste lagoons, which poison the soil and poison the air. And they make the surrounding communities more or less unlivable. Um, The reason why we need so much antibiotics and all of these on in all of this meat is because they're in such close living quarters. And because there's poop everywhere Mm -hmm. that, you know, they're just like likely the animals are likelier to get sick. And then in terms of the slaughtering process, they have such high margins that they have to meet. It's very, very, very fast. So this is not news. This has been shown in multiple documentaries. You know, there's a lot of questions that have been raised about, you know, sort of this kind of thing. Same thing with, you know, large scale poultry farming, same thing with large scale, you know, pig farming. Um, this is where, you know, the animal rights activists are pointing to some really quite challenging things, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not necessarily saying that it's, I'm not, well, not, 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 I'm not saying that it's good. Um, and I appreciated in a sense that they included this in this documentary. However, mm-hmm. they did it in, unfortunately, what you see so often in a very emotionally manipulative way. Mm-hmm. And there was no two sides about it, right? Yeah. It was just, look at these horrific people treating these animals in horrific ways and then killing them in horrific ways. And then they put shit in the meat that you're trying to eat, right? And I, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever known any dairy or cattle farmers. I know I know some because I literally live in the country. 
And I was just going to say, I like, uh, spent two years in Chilliwack. I absolutely <laughs> went to yeah. school and I'm good friends with a dairy farmer. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. So like these people are not trying to fuck us over. They're no. not trying to make you sick. They care very deeply about their animals and about the products that they make. Yeah. Right. Now, does that and mean that can't... there aren't problems with the dairy lobby? No. No, but does of that course mean not. that my yeah. friend who owns a dairy farm is an evil person? Also, no. no. Also, no. Yeah. Right. So I don't know that that becomes kind of like a whole, a whole, a whole other, other piece of this. The other thing I thought that was kind of really shitty was that the very sick verge of death, people who are taking a hundred types of medication, <laughs> all it took was two weeks of eating a vegan diet. And all of a sudden they're off all their meds. Um, really? <laughs> like what? if, it, if, if that truly was that easy, then we would be doing it. Well, you know? and also like, I think it's a lot of those medications that these people were on. They're talking about antidepressants. They're talking about blood pressure medication. A lot of these things require a very monitored taper, right? Like you, you cannot just stop your antidepressants. If you're on a certain level, you need to taper. It is actually, um, not super dangerous. I I mean, I don't want to like hyperbolize it, but I would really question the, um, the license of a physician who would just stop someone's antidepressant medication. Well, it's one depending of on things. the dose. Now, if someone's on a low dose, okay, fine. Like there's context, yeah. but if someone's on what they were trying to present and right. everything gets stopped within two weeks, that is um, either not true. Yeah. Or, it's one or of two things. Either unsafe. it's a lie or it's dangerous and both are problematic. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or they pick. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's contact of course, but like that's, that's a, big fat giant red flag being like billowed well, around. And the dude was like, oh, I lost 29 pounds. And I'm like, what's happening here? <laughs> did you have a gastric bypass? Like how did you lose? <laughs> with the, with so the like, gastric bypass surgeon who was on the show, did you go see that guy? I know he also like looked the same. And again, I'm like, not, this is not a comment about this guy or whether or not he should lose weight. Wait, I'm just wondering kind of like how legitimate is this? Right. Right. Well, I, and I, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Lee. That's okay. I was also going to say, you know, like, again, this is informed by the fact that I'm doing my master's degree in counseling psychology. So of course this is the lens (laughs) through which I'm seeing everything right now, but there's emotional manipulation all over this thing. And one of the emotionally manipulative, what I found was one of the most emotionally manipulative aspects of this were these like, quote unquote, sad sack people that they like chose to be like these you know, dire examples of what meat does to your diet, right? Now, they didn't talk about a goddamn thing other than meat with these people. They didn't talk about their living circumstances, their stress, Mm -hmm. whether or not they had positive relationships in their life, whether or not they had any kind of additional mobility issues beyond the mobility issues that apparently came from eating meat, right? Like it was this singular bad guy, and these people were like on death's door and on a hundred different meds and were taking oxy fucking cotton for their pain. Tell and me like, it's 2017 else- without telling me it's 2017. <laughs> something else you Gosh. also can't just stop. There's taking- a med we don't use anymore. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And like the one lady is apparently like, yeah, I have like, it's like bone on bone in like all my joints and I have nothing. Friends, I'm just going to come right out and say eating vegan for two weeks is not going to regrow cartilage in your joints. (laughs) 
in yes, every joint in your body. Could you imagine? So wait a minute, that like two-year wait for hip replacements really could just be erased completely if all those people were vegan? Yeah. Amazing. And so we have these people who are like in a room, like a, a lonely room with like no nice decoration on the wall, just like looking at their medication by themselves, like everything's the worst. The one lady's like, I'm going to die in 30 days. You know, yeah, and I love that. By the end I have of the 30 movie, days before I have a heart attack. I'm like, um, okay. It's um, interesting. Okay. Is your doctor a psychic? End of the movie, yeah. Right. At the end of the movie, they're outside, they have makeup on, they have their hair done, you know, it's like bright and sunshiny and they're smelling the flowers. I'm just like, it's the, it's literally, it's the before and after pictures where somebody is slouching and not wearing makeup. And then Mm -hmm. after when they're standing up straight and wearing makeup, that's Mm -hmm. exactly, exactly. It's so manipulative. And you want to know the worst part about this? This is the worst part. I know better. And mm-hmm. I watched this stupid fucking thing. And by the end of it, I was like, maybe I should go vegan. Maybe after right. Christmas, I'll give myself like a 90 day try of being a vegan. Look how good those people look. It was only two weeks and they were off half their stuff and they lost all this weight and they're now they're in the sunshine, right? Like these types of movies mm-hmm. are entirely designed to pull your heartstrings. Mm-hmm. Like it goes so fast that you can't think critically about the 10,000 facts that they're throwing at you every mm-hmm. like whatever, five minutes. Mm-hmm. Right. It goes, it presents this super simple, like all you need to do is cut out everything that you think is delicious in your life, except for like, you know, berries. And then like, <laughs> you're going to do great. You know, like I just, it, I, I, w- I went to bed last night cause I rewatched it again last night. And I was just like, fuck these guys. Like I know better. And I still have a brain. Even this morning in the shower, I was like, if I wanted to have tea every morning, I really love cream in my tea. Have I found a good dairy-free cream replacer yet? Is that a thing that I haven't found that I have enjoyed? You know, like that's my brain this morning. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's, that's the thing about all the emotions, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Big time. I kind of want to come back to something that you touched on Lee and um, take it in a little bit of a different direction. I think they had this whole, like you were saying, you know, the piece of like the meat processing and like they're putting all this shit and everybody around is getting sick. I think, you know, to your point, yes, this is an important conversation to be having. There is this like layer of institutional white supremacy over all of Mm -hmm. this. Yeah. Big time. What I think is really interesting is they, yes, it's really bad, especially in the U.S. The U.S. has a whole slew of totally different regulations around animal care than we do for quite, you quite, know, quite. food and consumption. But, you know, there the same thing is happening, you know, when we look at like corn or, you know, wheat or anything else, oil. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not that there is anything particularly evil about animal processing that doesn't that same evil exists in four other places. And I think actually it does kind of a disservice when it's like it's only meat producers that are the problem. Actually, it's like corporate institutional white supremacy that's the problem. And here's all the places it shows up. So what can Mm -hmm. we do at a higher level to actually look at that? rather than just demonizing this one thing, which I think actually just distracts from where the bigger problem is. Mm -hmm. Totally. 
Totally. Exactly. Like, I think it's, I think that if you make a really good point, I mean, like how many stories have we heard about like the small farmer who got sued inside out and backwards by Monsanto because one of Monsanto's like, you know, trademark copyright patented canola something flew on the wind and self-planted in this other guy's field. And now Mm -hmm. he's being like sued for theft when it wasn't like, it was the wind, the wind did it. I read a really depressing article last week that um, Lay's potato chips is suing um, three uh, farmers in India for like $175,000 each because they grew the potatoes that Lay's uses Stop! and they like ate them and sold them (laughs) not to Lay's. And anybody who's grown potatoes, like those fuckers are resilient. If you (laughs) miss one, like if you miss one, you will find... Like next year, like the potatoes, volunteers, volunteers. Well, and so like, tell me what stage of capitalism we're in where like suing people that grow food for themselves is cool or heaven forbid, (laughs) try and pay for their bills. Right. Like try to feed their families with it. Um, I want to loop us back to the initial sort of data point that he kind of goes down his own little inaccurate rabbit hole from. So he pulls, so in 2015, and I remember when this happened, the WHO, World Health Organization, um, which PS has not updated their website from, or the page that this statement is on since October, 2015, when it was initially put out, um, they put out a statement saying that a daily serving of processed meat increases colorectal cancer by 18%. And that is kind of where he just goes from there. Now, what's interesting is what the WHO was doing was they was saying, or WHO, whatever you want to call them, what they were saying was that there is a known link between processed meats and colorectal cancer and our studies that we've done or the data that we've received from studies that were done show that this increase is about 18% when you have a serving of processed meat every single day. They weren't saying it necessarily, they were saying that there, there is this known linkage. That's sort of it. And then they, they gave a number to it. Now the 18% number is actually really important to break down because what that actually looks like is that your lifetime risk, and this is 2015. So I'm not sure if this number has maybe shifted a little bit since then, but the lifetime risk in 2015 for someone to get colorectal cancer is about 5%. If you eat processed meats every day, that risk increases to 6%. (laughs) Okay. The difference between 5% and 6% is 18%. That is an 18% increase. That is such Mm -hmm. a different way of looking at that number. That is why, and that is case in point, what the term cherry picking data looks like mm-hmm. is this is, and is the fear that ensues from that? Cause the WHO was literally like, we found our link here. It is because we know it causes cancer. It is a known carcinogen. Here is a list of known carcinogens. So on that list is going to be asbestos, tobacco, like all the other things processed meats because they, they have enough information to say that there is a a link between processed meats and cancer. Mm -hmm. It is a small link. It's not a small link. I should say the link is there. The link is real. 
but it, it looks like it increases it by 1%, your lifetime chance by 1%. So I want to serving, like, I, I wonder even what it yeah. is a serving. I can't remember the exact amount. I I, want to say they were using a hundred grams. It was the equivalent of a hot dog is what they said a day. Um, yeah. So like, for example, my son has been eating a ham and cheese sandwich every day of his life since 1962, not actually 62, but you know what I'm saying forever and always, because this is what this homie wants to eat every day. It Mm -hmm. makes him so happy to have a ham and cheese sandwich with mayonnaise and spinach. Thank you very much. The end. That's all he wants every day. So that one piece of ham probably weighs like what? 10 grams? Maybe. I, maybe 15. Sure. Sure. I don't know. I'm trying to think of when they like put the little deli meat on the little Slices scale. On my- <laughs> I know. I know. So like if a, this much is like, if this much, you know, I'm like holding my fingers like a centimeter apart is, is like, you know, a hundred grams of ham and it's like mm-hmm. 10 or 12 slices, right. Or eight slices, you know, so oh, is my son ingesting a hundred grams of processed meat, maybe in a week, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe, I don't know. Am I slowly killing him? Mm-hmm. Probably not. I'm probably not killing him. He really happy. He's really <laughs> I, happy with a sandwich. He's probably pretty happy with the sandwich. <laughs> yeah. What I find interesting is the whole documentary. God, I have a hard time calling it. Just, that. You can just say um, movie, you the whole movie. movie, the whole <laughs> film. It is a movie. Um, keeps comparing processed meats and then meat. So we sort of lose the processed part. We transition Mm, away from processed and then it turns into meat and all animal products. So it's actually like this, you can see sort of the beginning. It's very um, focused on processed meats because that's where this data point comes from processed Mm -hmm. meats. And then you, it sort of without any um, data past that initial number becomes meat becomes animal products becomes, you need to be vegan or you're killing yourself. Now, and the comparison is to smoking, right? It's always like, so this is like me smoking. This is the equivalent of me smoking. So I did try to find smoking data that went along the lines of the lifetime percentage chance of getting cancer. It doesn't seem to be reported that way that I could find and mm. from a reputable source. Okay. So um, we're not looking in, in terms of statistics numbers, we're not really looking at apples to apples, um, which is funny because most people would quite happily use this comparison and be like, see, but it's like, you're not looking at the same thing, but it does get that. The numbers are so extreme with smoking that it gets the point across regardless. So to be clear, the processed meat correlation is in, uh, is a percentage of your, your lifetime over your lifetime, the chances of you getting colorectal cancer are X percent, right? So in smoking, the way they say it is about 80% of lung cancer deaths are related to smoking. So they're not looking at who the colorectal cancer numbers aren't looking at deaths. They're looking at instances of, of getting colorectal cancer Mm. and smoking numbers. They're looking at deaths. Okay. So that's an important difference if you're looking at methodology, Mm -hmm. but 80% of lung cancer deaths. So that's probably going to be, if you're looking at lung cancer patients or people who have lung cancer, that'll be then a larger number. Um, 80% of lung cancer deaths are related to smoking and smoking is 15 to 30 times more likely to give you lung cancer than if you do not smoke. So if you want to say your lifetime chance is 5% or 6% of eat processed meats, that is not an increase of th- keep in mind two times is a hundred percent increase, right? If you double it, you've increased right. your chance by hundred percent. We're talking 15 to 30 times more likely to have lung cancer if you smoke 
versus a non-smoker. So, I mean, you can't, even though we're not looking at exactly the same comparative data points here, it -hmm. really shows that the chances, the correlation between smoking and lung cancer and death from lung cancer are, it's Mm -hmm. huge, huge. Mm -hmm. Well, and also, so I just looked up some of the statistics on colorectal cancer. Yeah. Just so that we can be fair here. This is from cancer.net. I am not totally vetting every single thing I'm seeing. I just, American Society of Clinical Oncology, cancer.net. Okay. Uh, It says right on here, the five-year survival rate, which is generally sort of like the rate that people talk about with regards to like, if you get a certain cancer, you know, what's your likelihood of living? Because they sort of figure if you haven't had cancer again, you know, relapse in five years, you're probably good. Uh, so it says here, the five-year survival rate of people with localized stage uh, colorectal cancer is 91%. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, not that the, anybody wants to get it, but when we're looking no. at this correlation versus causation, that's a really important distinction. It, yeah, it is. Exactly. Yeah. And then it says here too, if the cancer has spread to surrounding tissue or organs in or and or the regional lymph nodes, the five-year survival rate is 72%. So, so it's still it's relatively still really high. Good. Yeah. It's so really good. Right. Yeah. So again, I'm not trying to promote that people get like, you're not saying it's like, not- it's fine. Colorectal cancer is no. no big deal. I'm like, yeah. you know, cancer like, cool. cool. Yeah. It's just like, you just get a new butthole and a whole bunch of chemo for like six months and everything's fine. No, I'm hardly, saying, I'm hardly saying that, but you know, it, I don't know, man. I just think it, it's just that fear brush that everything's painted with again. Right. Right. Yeah. And again, we have to remember that this whole fucking thing is being put through the lens of a self-professed hypochondriac who is terrified of getting cancer because mm-hmm. both his grandparents mm-hmm. got it or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. My dad died of cancer. I am hardly like, you know, it sounds like a cool ride cancer. Like I'm not here for it. Right. But at the same time, I'm not a hypochondriac about it. I also know You're not that like, make a documentary about your, your, no, I also know that like the stress of being so stressed about all of this stuff, AKA where we start to like go into orthorexic type behavior, mm-hmm. right. Is mm-hmm. in and of itself incredibly damaging. Mm-hmm. So I don't know guys. Well, yeah. Um, this feels like a good, uh, time to segue into Lee. What, what's, what's our, what's our buddy been up to lately? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So he did see Spiracy, which I, it's so funny because when that came out, like I said at the beginning, I wouldn't watch it. Everyone was talking about it. That was hyperbolized. Not everyone. Lots of people were talking about it. It was a big deal. And I just, in just the name of it on its own was like, I can't watch this unless I can dedicate the time to figure out if this is horseshit. So I never watched it. Well, and my, I also didn't watch it for similar, but different reasons in that I don't need to be fed any more fear right now. I can't no. watch this. <laughs> I'm no, a living human exactly. in 2022 on the, with yeah. inflation through the roof on the brink of a recession. I don't need more things to be afraid of. No, my interest you. rates alone are sufficient. <laughs> yeah. So his new, okay. So this is kind of interesting. So his newest film is called oh. Christ Spiracy. Jesus Christ. The tagline is Not the on spirituality purpose. secret. Oh God. And then there's always a, a secret bio that I clicked on that has taken me to just like a pretty useless landing page with three links. One is for church screenings. <laughs> one is for support the film. And the other one is for other screenings. And at this point, there are no 
screenings in other the church screenings one has nothing and support the film is a dead link with a 403 <laughs> forbidden error code sorry is this like a pro christianity or like it's a conspiracy and the government's tangled well if no it. if there's church screenings i think that answers that's your question. well because yeah because in my head i was like well this sounds like it's good is he gonna like i mean there's been enough exposés about churches i mean there's many like we, many exposés about churches like this is this is hardly uh uncharted territory here yeah so like yep I, I'm just trying to watch kind of like the, you know, the shit he's got on his social media here. Right. And I can tell you that the initial quote unquote trailer is a real slow move in to like an eighties, like TV over a VCR. That's mm. like from the makers of cowspiracy and seaspiracy comes the next biggest chapter christ spiracy the massive 2000 year cover-up and oh, it has no. Kanye west, <gasps> Kanye west. Oh, oh, no. the music that's playing over this well, whole that, thing Kanye that answers west, that uh, doesn't it right. oh time to go back into post-production and change the music there dude uh, or yeah. or is it though or is or it is though it. so that's october oh. 1st pretty sure kanye was being pretty fucking problematic at that point he's been problematic for 15 years yeah i don't know if he was like openly (laughs) anti-semitic on october 21st but the truth will set them free i have to say now i have to watch this christ spiracy one one i don't think you can unless you can find a church (laughs) we're gonna i might have to do a little rabbit hole if we we find it i feel like it would be a good follow-up okay so stay tuned because maybe (laughs) we're gonna do another one of this this guy of this because i have to say return well, and I have to say, from my research in orthorexia, that fun podcast that we just did, which was like a real light ride, let me tell you, everybody, that I could have done like eight more hours of talking about one of the major aspects of this was this like Venn diagram overlay of like super freak outedness about health and also super freak outedness about spirit, quote unquote, spiritual mm-hmm. health and about being pure in both. So is this, this feels like the us? center of that Venn diagram in a yeah. documentary. It super Story, is. Movie. So again, I don't know anything about this. For all I know, he's going to tell us that Jesus was a Jew. Big shocker. And that like. <laughs> and and not know. white. And not white. Maybe he actually wasn't white. The, yeah. That maybe that's the, the conspiracy is that he's not a white guy. <laughs> okay. Well, stay tuned. Maybe we'll have a little. I don't know if I can do another one of his movies, guys. <laughs> This was fun, though. This was fun. This conversation was fun. Watching this the movie was, was not fun, but having a chat no. about it always is. But this was good. All right, ladies. Next time you feel like, you know, chowing down on that burger, just make sure you think twice. You're basically just eating a bunch of burning cigarettes. Bum, bum, bum. Actually, to quote the movie, you're eating dead meat bacteria toxins. There Aww. you go. That sounds like a good note to end on. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to email. We really appreciate your support. And if you could do us a big favor and subscribe and share this podcast, it would mean the world to us.